BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The leftist media is obsessed with a new crisis. We will tell you what it is and break down the reasons why they are so obsessed with this distraction. And then we will have a report from on the ground in Israel and we will break down the lies that the fake news media is telling you about what is happening between Hamas and Israel. And a potential mass shooting was stopped by a good guy with a gun. And you're not going to hear about it anyplace else except right here tonight. All of that and more on Dr. Gina Primetimes. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and Joe Biden is having a hard time with it all. The Middle East is on fire as Israel and the terror group Hamas trade missile strikes. Inflation rearing its ugly head. Unemployment unexpectedly jumped up again. The housing market took a hit with the poor numbers released today. The border crisis getting worse with the past two months being the highest on record for illegal alien miners crossing the border. But at least the gasoline shortage is easing up a little bit now that the ransom was paid to the Russian hackers to unlock the hacked pipeline computers. So Biden has that going for him. Finally, the number of gas stations with no fuel has dropped below 10,000 on the East Coast, and that's quite an accomplishment. So what crisis would you guess that the leftist media is covering these days? You guessed it, abortion, kind of out of nowhere. The leftist media is all upset now that the Supreme Court agreed yesterday to consider whether to reinstate the Mississippi abortion law that was struck down by a lower court that bans abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Now over on MSNBC, uh, these are the kind of scare tactics they are pushing. And you know, I gotta tell you, Nicole, I don't think younger voters remember what it was like before Roe v. Wade. I don't think they realize that these folks are not gonna be happy until a rape victim is put in prison for taking the morning after pill. Uh, Claire, that's the first time I've ever heard the idea of putting rape victims in prison. That, by the way, has never happened and never even been considered by any conservative, no matter how pro-life. But it's, I guess, uh, must be true because it was said on MSDNC. Anyway, here is a taste of what you can see over on CNN, if you didn't like that first clip. It's now a six to three decidedly conservative court. And it now says the Supreme Court of the United States that it will hear a case that could remove a woman's right to control her own body. So they, conservatives, I suppose, want to take away the right of anyone to control their own body. Um, no, I actually, I think that was the left during this whole COVID ep epidemic. Anyway, it sounds scary, like forced vac vaccinations or uh, mandated mask wearing, remember? Remember? Except that was the left. But Cuomo has a great, great idea. We just need to use science to determine abortion law. Oh, what a great idea. Watch. Legally, the issue is fetal viability. When does what is inside a woman become a person with rights under the law? You would think 
we would have impaneled experts on a special commission by now to see what the science says, right? But we don't seem to have the intellectual curiosity about this issue because it's not really about science. It has become a culture war. It's a political lever to use as a distraction from policy and solving problems, to allow people to get up in their religion and their righteousness over any sense of what science suggests. What a great idea. Let's put a panel of unelected scientists paid off by Big Pharma to decide what our abortion laws should be. Let's just put Fauci at the top of it and get the whole thing over with in no time. Preferably leftist Ivy League academic types, right? Who love telling people what they can and can't do. Oh my goodness. The ideas, they just never end from this side. And they're so, so easy to see through. Do they not, I mean, I, I guess they just think their audiences are dumb. And it has to come down to that because there's literally no other answer. Anyway, of course, Cuomo injects race into this whole discussion because you can't have a news item without pulling the race card. Here you go. But again, it's not about science or consensus. It's about dividing lines, legislating to the far right, white fright vote. Of course, yeah, even though that most of the people who end up being aborted are not white. In fact, the largest majority of those aborted are not white. But, you know, let's not get details and facts get in the way of our pseudoscience. Now, back to MSNBC, Nicole Wallace can just hardly stand the terrifying thought of the Supreme Court possibly handing down a pro-life decision. It's such a terrifying thought, and I think you're right on this generational point, Claire. I, I just want to give you a chance to, to say more about what, what's at stake. Well, I don't, you know, for young women who um, went to Planned Parenthood in college and got birth control, for young women who have never known the fear of an unwanted pregnancy, um, have never known what that represents in their lives if there is not a safe and legal place to terminate a pregnancy. This will all be a wake-up call. This will be a shock to their systems. Uh, let me tell you something, Claire. The real shock to the system is when a woman goes through with an abortion. And I know this because I have personally counseled countless women, and by the way, men who have experienced abortion, and I can tell you that the shock to the system, the victimizing, the ravaging, the terror that takes place is not just when you have someone in that situation, in particular if it's a rape victim or a victim of incest, but then you re-victimize that person. You re-savage and terrorize that person. You re-traumatize that victim when you then cause yet another trauma in their life. And that trauma, that next loss is abortion. So you put someone who's already in a vulnerable state, Claire, in another vulnerable state of making a decision, a life-ending decision, and then you tell her this is her only choice or her future is ruined. Let me tell you something, Claire. She already feels like her life is over. She already feels like all of her decision-making has been taken away from her. She already feels like her power is gone. And I know this because I have counseled hundreds or thousands of women through this process. 
and after this process. And I know what you and your very, very profitable industry have done in the name of helping someone. When your goal, Claire McCaskill, was never to help them in the first place, and we know this because we know that you want abortion legal, Claire McCaskill, because that money goes right back in to Democrat coffers. You're fooling no one. You're hurting women. You're killing people. Coming up, we have a report from on the ground in Israel, and we'll break down for you what is happening there and exactly why the attacks that were launched by Hamas last week were sparked by a lie. And we will tell you what it was right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. It is day nine of the airstrikes between Israel and Hamas. A dozen Israelis have been killed so far, and over 200 Hamas fighters and civilians have been killed in Gaza. And there doesn't seem to be much of a sign of ending this anytime soon. Gal Kalev has a report from on the ground for us in Israel. Gal? Hi, Gina. It's now been over a week since Hamas attacked Jerusalem with missiles, which started this round of conflict. Since then, they fired over 3,000 missiles and rockets at Israel. Israel is obviously taking measures to defend itself, striking back at Hamas targets in Gaza. And this, in turn, gives rise to the normal festivities of anti-Israel incitement that you hear in parts of the media and social medias, uh, really all over the European media and some of the U.S. media and late-night talk shows. Uh, you hear ridiculous accusations that Israel just bombs Gaza randomly, uh, targets civilian populations. These are lies. Uh, I am friends with some of the journalists, the foreign journalists here, and they know the truth, but they're beholden to the way that their media networks choose to cover this. Uh, Gina, as you know, Israel takes extreme precautions to uh, defend the civilian populations. We even introduced new warfare technologies where we notify some of our targets ahead of time before we bomb them. And that is because we know Hamas is surround, surround itself with civilians uh, and we want to allow uh, time for the uninvolved civilians to escape. This has operational cost because Hamas terrorists escape as well, uh, and with them, uh, some of their equipment and ammunition. Uh, but uh, we do this not only because we fight in accordance with international law and humanitarian principles, we fight in accordance with our conscience and our faith. Uh, and that is why military experts around the world call Israel the most moral army in the world. Uh, Israelis are also paying a social price. I have a lot of friends who got blocked uh, on social media, got canceled. And you know, I don't blame the people who do this because they watch the BBC and CNN and draw those ridiculous conclusions that Israel is committing a genocide in Gaza and then unfriend their Israeli, their former Israeli friends. Uh, we don't take orders from CNN or the BBC or Hamas. We will continue to defend ourselves and that has wall-to-wall -wall support in Israel. Uh, just about 100% of Israelis support this military operation, this defensive operation. Uh, I would add one more thing, Gina that maybe there's a hint of Islamophobia in the way that some of those medias are covering this, because we don't have uh, a military conflict with the Palestinians, nor the people of Gaza. We have a military conflict with Palestinian terrorists, with Hamas and the Islamic Jihad, 
that are using Gaza to fire at Israel, uh, and the suggestion that uh, you know Hamas and Islamic Jihad is doing this on behalf of Palestinians, so that the Palestinians are all supporting uh, those terrorist activities, maybe as a hint of Islamophobia. But you know, Gina, we will continue to defend ourselves vigorously as we've done uh, over since this uh, uh, operation began. Uh, we'll continue to do this going forward. Uh, thanks, Gina. Back to you. Yeah, it isn't fair at all the way the media is making a moral equivalency out of the two sides because that is just simply not how it is having been there on the ground. I can absolutely assure you of that. Thank you so much for that report, Gal. And joining us now for more on this situation is the president of the Zionist Organization of America, Morton Klein. Morton, thank you so much for being here with us today and for setting the record straight on some of this. Morton, you say that the attacks from the terror group Hamas are based on a lie. Hamas claims that Israel is cleansing Israel of Arabs through illegal evictions. But um, that's not accurate in my experience, but I want you to explain the intricacies for our viewers. That allegation is, of course, ridiculous. Jews have owned these homes since the mid-1800s. In 1948, when Jordan captured this part of Jerusalem, they threw all the Jews out. And 67, in the defensive war, when Israel recaptured these Jewish homes in this Jewish area of Jerusalem, uh, they allowed uh, the Jews to reclaim ownership of these homes. All the Jews asked were that these Arabs pay rent. For years and years, they refused to pay rent. <clears throat> it's been a court battle for years. Finally, the court said, if they don't pay rent, you can evict them. We're talking about 40 or 50 people. If they would pay rent, they wouldn't be evicted. This is a, a real estate issue that would turn out the same in any country in the world. You don't pay rent, you get evicted. <laughs> the, genocide, it's, it's absurd. There were 150,000 Arabs in this area in 1948. Today, there are two million. Whoever's in charge of the genocide program has to be fired. It's not working. It's, it's absolute nonsense. Uh, this was just an excuse that Hamas used to attack Israel. Their charter, people don't know this, Article 7 and 12 of the Hamas charter calls for the destruction of Israel and to murder every Jew on earth. This is a Nazi charter. And what's horrifying, uh, unlike what the gentleman said before, the Arabs of Gaza voted for Hamas. They know that Hamas is a, is a terrorist Nazi regime, and they voted for him. And the reason there wasn't an election a week or two ago uh, that Abbas said he was going to have is because the polls showed that the Arabs, again, were going to vote for Hamas. So the Palestinian Arabs in Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, and in Gaza support this Arab Nazi regime, uh, Hamas. And what's worse, what's worse is that for the first time ever, Israeli Arabs are attacking Jews in Israel. Israeli Arab citizens are attacking Jews in Israel. They're wow. burning down synagogues. They're burning down Jewish homes. They're destroying Jewish cars. They're burning down Jewish apartment buildings. It is frightening. Jews are now saying, are these Israeli Arab citizens disloyal to the state of Israel? Or they're attacking uh, Jews in the streets? That's what's happening. It's hardly reported. And the members of the Knesset that are Israeli Arabs, None of them have condemned this in any significant way since this has been going on. It's really a frightening situation. I, I didn't realize that. I knew that there was, was always a security issue. I remember, and I try to say on this show as often as I can, my own experience being there as a journalist, uh, Morton, I saw hospitals 
where Israeli charities took care of Arab uh, people who were, you know, on the other side fighting against them. But then the Arabs would, uh, I'm sorry, then the Israeli soldiers would rescue them and bring them over, even though the, the Arab national regime were firing on this hospital. It had literally incoming mortar, um, and, and they would still take care of them and their families. Um, I saw that the Israeli neighborhoods had security around them and that the Arab houses did not have security, which only tells me that it wasn't needed. Um, and so things like that that I noticed just as a journalist traveling in Israel spelled things out for me that I don't get from American or international media. So the sort of things that you're saying to me make sense. The sort of things I'm seeing in American and international media don't add up. This moral equivalency that we continue to hear over and over thrust in our face that there are two sides and it's as if Israel is the attacker uh, in this entire thing is just not the case. And I know it's not the case. Um, there's a big difference between what and who each side is targeting. Hamas seeks to kill as many innocents as possible. As you said, they are a terrorist organization, but we're not hearing that from our White House and we're not hearing that from the media. Explain why. <laughs> First of all, President Biden, my president, I'm an American citizen, and this administration has helped enable encouraged and empowered uh, and emboldened Hamas and the Palestinian Authority to attack Jews. How have they done this? <laughs> President Trump stopped giving any U.S. taxpayers money to the Palestinian Authority because the Palestinian Arabs and the Palestinian Authority refused to negotiate and they pay Arabs to murder Jews. Can you imagine that? Any Arab who murders a Jew gets a lifetime pension. And the more Jews they murder, the larger the lifetime pension. So Trump said no more money. President Biden last week said we're going to give the Palestinian Authority $300 million. Uh, they also said we're going to join the United Nations Human Rights Commission, which is a viciously anti-Israel commission. And they said we want to go back in, in the Iran deal. Iran is the leading funder and sponsor of terrorism on Earth. They sponsor and fund Hamas. They provide the missiles and rockets to Hamas. And Biden now wants to go back to a deal with Iran. The Arabs see this and they say America is really with us. So Biden deserves some blame uh, for this. And he should immediately cut all aid to the Palestinian Authority. It's a terrorist regime. And stop negotiating, attempting to negotiate, get, negotiate with, with Iran, this terrorist regime. <laughs> um, also, it's important to note, this war of the Arab war against Israel is not about land. It's not about statehood. The Palestinian Authority... And the Palestinian Arabs were offered a state in 1948 and 2000 and 2008. They rejected it every single time because accepting a state would mean accepting Israel as a Jewish state. And the Palestinian Arabs do not want this. So they could have had a state many, many times, but the issue is not statehood. It is Israel's destruction. That's why nothing right. works. That's why they refuse uh, uh, to negotiate. And Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the Palestinian Authority, he is helping incite the violence that we see from the, from the uh, Hamas. He is claiming the Jews want to destroy the Al-Aqsa Mosque. He's saying increase the, the, the uh, confrontation. He's saying aim your bullets at their targets, make sure you hit them. These are words from Mahmoud Abbas. The media does not cover this. The media is siding with the Nazi regime of the Hamas uh, terrorists. I call it a Nazi regime again because their uh, charter calls for the murder of every Jew. What is more Nazi-like 
than that. Uh, and it is, uh, thank God, there are many countries in the world, from Germany to France to Denmark, who are supporting Israel, saying they have an obligation to defend themselves and fight these uh, Arab terrorists uh, from Gaza and from Judea and Samaria. Everything you're telling me um, doesn't sound like a ceasefire is going to happen anytime soon. What, what are your thoughts on that? And is it a good idea? Or would you like to see this conflict carried out to its end so that um, this can be rectified once and for all because this is such a perpetual ongoing problem? First, we should understand if Hamas had not launched rockets against major civilian areas of Israel, Israel would not be responding with rockets to try and stop them. Israel has been launching attacks on Hamas in Gaza to try and stop them from continuing these rocket launches against Israel. They haven't stopped. Today, Hamas has launched hundreds of more rocket attacks against innocent Israelis. Many have been killed. By the way, the numbers that have been killed in the Gaza Arabs, you cannot trust those numbers. It is Hamas that gives people and the news media these numbers. I don't think you can trust Hamas's numbers, so I'm sure the number is actually far, far less. Right, and, <laughs> and, and, and but what people, are the chances of a ceasefire? <laughs> if Gaza, if Hamas Arabs would say, we want a ceasefire, we're going to stop uh, uh, firing at Israel, uh, President Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu has said, if there's a ceasefire for three hours, they'll work toward a ceasefire. Hamas said no, no deal. They want to keep sending rockets into Israel. So right now, there's no chance of a ceasefire, at least for several more days, because Hamas refuses to stop launching rockets. And Israel also feels, as long as they're doing rockets, they want to destroy all the rocket launchers and all the areas where their missiles are being stored and all the tunnels that they've dug underneath to allow Hamas terrorists to come into Israel to murder Jews. So... I think it's going to be at least a day or two, or maybe much longer. It's up to Hamas. If Hamas would surrender and say no more rockets, Israel would stop. Hamas doesn't want to stop as of, as of this moment. All right. Well, we certainly appreciate your perspective. Um, thank you so much for being with us, Morton Klein. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Thanks for bringing the truth to your audience. It's absolutely our pleasure to be the truth. We always will be. We'll keep being that. So, um, and we'd love to have you back soon. Thank you again. I'd love to. Thank you. Coming up, Ben Burkwam and Amanda Head have fired up the RAV bus and they are back on the road again. They're next. And we also have, um, well, you stick around because my prompter just went wacko. <laughs> and sometimes that happens in television. So I don't know what's next, but you just stay where you are. We're in this together, right? Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Back to Gina Prime Time. So glad you are with us. We know there are a lot of places you can be, but you know you're going to get real news and honest views right here and news you won't hear anyplace else. That RAV bus, they, I'm telling you, these two are a 
comedy team all by themselves. They are off and rolling again. My two absolute favorites, Ben Burkwam and Amanda Head, are in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania today on the Save America Freedom Tour. Guys, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Tell us what you're doing, what's happening there. Amanda, you look like you've traded in your uh, regular clothes for some prison blues. <laughs> Uh, well, it's red, white, and blue. You probably can't tell with the white balance, but it, it actually oh, no, is red, white, and blue that I wore today. Being in Philadelphia, let me give you a little behind-the-scenes play-by-play of what happened before yes. we came to air. Everybody's eyes were affixed to the base of a tree over there where there was a squirrel breakdancing. So exciting times in political media. Also, <laughs> fake news, I'm standing on a pelican box, which is why I'm even close to the level that Ben Burkwam is. But it's been an amazing day. We got a lot of footage and coverage of independent Hall, Congress Hall, over by the Liberty Bell, uh, here at City Tavern, a restaurant that was opened in 1773, closed last year to the dustbin of history thanks to overreaching, overzealous, uh, corrupt politicians who, who really didn't follow the science and the CC so COVID virus uh, killed this restaurant. It's yeah, it's awesome. really tragic. And although Amanda may need to stand on a box to be my same height, I need to stand on a box to be at her same lyrical wit uh, because what she like her ability to break this down and you guys if you have not seen or you haven't watched our uh save america freedom tours you are in for a treat what's coming up tomorrow friday and saturday in particular our history buff on the network here amanda head uh, i've been learning so much it's incredible i mean it is tragic that we have city tavern that was built in 1773 uh, it was demolished in 1854 it was rebuilt in 1975 for the uh, centennial bicentennial uh, and then was killed last year by the CCP aka COVID it's just tragic but and, and walking around the city seeing Liberty and all of its glory and everything that this nation was built on and the founders and the walking the same paths that they walked and thinking about the blessing that they've bestowed on us and then to see what we've done with it especially over these last couple years it's you know it's it's really sad but i also that's why we're here so this whole liberty edition of the save america freedom tour uh, is it's all about that it's resetting it's reestablishing and re-engaging America to remember what this nation was built on and why it's so important. Yeah, and one of our very esteemed guests for tomorrow, David Shostokas, uh, was speaking earlier and he was telling me that he has been to this restaurant. He has dined both indoor and outdoor. And he was talking about the menu and, and the, the modern day chef worked very, very hard to procure the right ingredients. You know, it was an antiquated menu trying to reflect that of the 18th century. And he was telling me a little bit of tidbit of information that in the 18th century when they were serving people, it was you had your, your menu item of the day and that is what was served and nothing else unless one person was there. And who was that person? Of course, George Washington. And they would work to meet every accommodation that he needed. So like a, like a, a early times uh, Mar-a-Lago, only different. No, that's amazing. Um, I love that you guys are there. And Amanda is definitely a mental giant, Ben, but you know what? You definitely hold your own there. I think it is amazing that you guys, especially in these times, that you are re-familiarizing us with everything um, that we love that makes America special. And I've been saying for a long time, I want to do a Route 66 tour with you guys. So 
if our big boss decides to do that, you have to yes. promise she'll take me on the road with you. And I, too, will need a box to stand yes. on because I, too, am a, a shorty. <laughs> and so, uh, so we'll, you'll need two of those. So you get ready. But um, you guys keep us posted on all that's happening out there on the road on the Save America Freedom Tour because we want to check in with you guys again tomorrow, okay? Thank Sounds you, good. Dr. Thanks, Gina. Thanks, Dr. Gina. All right, God bless you guys. All right, now, there is another tour happening right now. You may not know about this, but it is called the Uncensored Truth Tour. And the founder of America's Frontline Doctors is instigating this entire thing. She is here with us now. Dr. Simone Gold, so great to see you. Thanks for being with us tonight. Great, thank you so much for having me, Dr. Gina. Dr. Gold, I know that you are getting great response from Americans who want to hear the truth about this pandemic that they're not getting uh, from media, um, at least outside, much outside of this network anyway, and a couple of others. But uh, this virus, this vaccine, everything in between, what is the main reasons for your tour and what can people expect to get when they go? Oh my goodness. So really all of mainstream media and most media, all social media has decided to not permit any information that doesn't concord with what the government wants you to hear. So there's a lot of independent doctors and scientists all across the world that are shrieking as loudly as they can to get the truth out. The truth is first that these are experimental. Most people who are signing up for these vaccines are unaware that they're experimental. They're currently under an emergency use authorization only. They are not FDA approved. Number two, by the government's own data, the VAERS database established in 1986, the statistics are very, very frightening in terms of immediate short-term deaths. The numbers in VAERS show that 99% of all vaccine deaths this year are related to one type of shot, and that's the COVID-19 shots. 1% are related to the other 100. That's scary stuff. Number three, they've decided to roll out these emergency uh, medications to children. That just happened last week. I don't know if you even know that, Dr. Gina. Ages 12 to 15, people who have a statistically 0% chance of death, per the CDC, May 5th, they came out with the numbers, 0% chance of death. They're rolling out these experimental trials. Never before in the history of America have we used America's children as guinea pigs. This must stop. And this is what America's Frontline Doctors is here to tell the nation and the world. Yeah, Dr. Gold, in the Wall Street Journal today, they talk about what they call the new COVID-19 vaccine challenge, persuading hesitant parents to get their kids the shots. Uh, I'm guessing that you're not out there persuading parents to vaccinate their children. I find it also interesting, um, friends of mine who have a school down in Miami um, that you may know about, um, I had them on the show, I had, I had um, her on the show, um, Sintners, the Sintner School, you may have heard of it. Um, they are saying that they do not want their teachers to come to school vaccinated because of the issues surrounding, the unknown issues surrounding people possibly shedding or having other issues um, around the vaccine that may affect children. Basically, we don't know yet what happens to people after they have the vaccine. And the minute I got this cold that nobody can deny that I have, because you can hear it in my voice um, for the last several days on this show, um, everyone said to me, have you been around someone who's vaccinated recently? And I said, I'm sure I have, because a lot of people are getting vaccinated out there. What are the real risks to being around people that have been vaccinated? And what are the risks, especially to our children, being around teachers who've been vaccinated? Like, for example, the Sentner School is trying to avoid. 
what, what I really want to focus on, I want the American people to focus on, is that medical trials take time. We have rushed this thing beyond any type of recognition. You cannot put children in front and center like they're guinea pigs or like they're lab rats. Children should not be forced to spend hours and hours and day in proximity next to people who've been given an experimental medication, and that's what we're doing. What I find curious is why the drug companies are in such a rush to put out this experimental medication to our children. Could it be because 40 to 50% of people, per the FDA director and per Dr. Fauci himself, 40 to 50% of employees for the FDA and the CDC have chosen not to get the vaccine themselves? Is that why the pharmaceuticals are in such a rush? Because they've lost their market share? I don't understand. Americans should not allow their children to be used like guinea pigs. That's the position of America's frontline doctors. Stop rolling this out to children. And this story from NPR had my blood boiling today. Dr. Gold, here's the headline. COVID-19 vaccine trials underway for kids five years old and younger. Are there any documented deaths from COVID in children under the age of five? I'm just going to ask you that very directly because I think people have a right to know. Absolutely, absolutely. Everyone can go to the VAERS database themselves. It takes less than five minutes to get familiar with it. There's at least four children who've died in close proximity to the COVID-19 shots. Before you blow off the four, imagine if it was one of yours. These are healthy children. Children do not just die. They're not like adults. They're not like little short adults. Children do not die. Healthy children do not die. The death of any one healthy child is an incredibly vast tragedy. We already have four. This must stop. What good, and, and I really mean this to you in all sincerity, what good can come from vaccinating toddlers? Zero. I want to be very clear. We won't mince any words. Children under age 17, according to the CDC, have a statistically 0% chance of death from SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. There is no good that can come from giving children under 17 an experimental shot. Only harm can come. This must stop. And I want to get back for a moment to your tour before I let you go. Um, tell us the plan for your tour, um, where you all are going, what people can um, be excited about, and not only that, of course, but how they can become a part of it, how they can get tickets and all of that. You know, it is so important to become part of AmericasFrontlineDoctors.org, AFLDS.org, because we are here fighting for the average American who knows that they've been misled. We have a legal resource page. We have a citizen core page. You can come and join and be a part of the movement. It's really become a nationwide movement. Go to AFLDS.org slash tour and find the city nearest you and come on down. People who come are so grateful. The lines are around the block. I'll also do a book signing, but we're, it's for free. We just want people to come and hear the truth. We're censored on social media, we're censored on mainstream media, and we are speaking out because there's actual harm occurring to actual people. I wanna share with you that along the way, patients and doctors come to these venues. I have heard repeatedly now in city after city, doctors are saying there are no COVID-19 patients that they're taking care of, but they're all taking care of persons who've been killed or injured by the vaccines. Every city, every stop, patients are telling me this and doctors are telling me this. I am much wow. more alarmed than I was even a week ago. 
That, that is astonishing, Dr. Golden. Every time you're on the show, I'm more astonished than the last time you were on this show. But I certainly am glad you're out there just speaking the truth, uh, staying on message, because I think it's important, uh, because certainly there is a lot of real science to weigh that the media, for whatever reason, just does not seem to want to get out there. But we will continue to be your ally in that effort. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your tour to be here with us. And I, I know so many people are going to want to catch you when you're near their town on your tour. Thank you, Dr. Simone Gold. Thank you, AMLDS.org slash tour. And that's right. And that's America's Frontline Doctors. And I'll tell you what, I get your direct messages. I get your emails after this show all the time. I get all of your questions on social media at Real Dr. Gina. And I, I bet if I've referred one of you, I've referred 10,000 of you to approach Dr. Simone Gold and America's Frontline Doctors uh, because I don't know all of the answers and I don't know what to do, but they're the ones who are raising the money and putting forth the effort uh, to you know, be that legal resource and that medical resource that is so, so important that the media just isn't giving you. Accept us and we will continue to. Now coming up, some news that you didn't know and some news that the mainstream media refuses to report because it doesn't fit their anti-gun narrative. Another lie that the media continues to perpetuate, but we will bring it to you right here on Dr. Gina Primetime next. Stick around. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. It is now time for some news you didn't know. And here to help, trustee from our RAV headquarters in Denver, Colorado, is Jessica Rivera. Jessica, great to see you today. Great to see you, Dr. Gina. On a recent episode of The View, the hosts discussed their view on COVID vaccine papers. Take a listen. When we're talking about having to show proof of vaccination, um, just from a legal standpoint, there's a lot of civil liberties issues here. Regarding the civil rights, though, I mean, we are mandated to wear seatbelts. You can get a ticket if you don't. You have to have a driver's license. Uh, there are lots of rules and regulations in place. I don't see why this violates a civil right. It violates civil my liberty. civil rights if you're going to come in unvaccinated. Is one thing is to, to mandate, the government is not mandating vaccines. The question I have is right. allow private businesses to require proof of vaccination. Why yeah. should Ron DeSantis ban right. cruise lines from requiring proof of vaccination when we know that if one passenger gets sick on those ships, it's going to be devastating for yeah. the entire industry. But you know what's interesting, Dr. Gina, Behar and host Anna Navarro there want vaccine papers to be allowed by the government in order to prove that someone has been vaccinated before they can participate in certain areas of society. Because they say just one person contracting the virus can be detrimental to businesses and industries. Yet when it comes to people being in our country legally and having to prove they are citizens, 
They think it's an unthinkable and inhumane request. And might I add, illegals who have taken advantage of America's welfare system have been more detrimental to businesses and industries than a virus, mind you, with a 99% survival rate could ever be or will ever be. Also, Behar doesn't seem to understand the difference between civil liberties and civil rights. Civil liberties are guaranteed by our Constitution to protect us against government outreach. Civil rights are legal rights to protect us from discrimination. Very, very much different. But after hearing this discussion, I really question if Behar and Navarro listened back to themselves on that segment. And do they clearly hear their blatant hypocrisy? I know ultimately the answer is no. But realistically, how can you not, Dr. Gina? Jessica, I just wish I had been there for the follow-up question. Oh, good, Joyce. So you're all right then with voter ID. Because, I mean, it, it just, the question was just, it was screaming to be asked, was it not? When it, she mentioned it, the driver's licenses. Absolutely. And if we're talking about papers, I know people like talk about, you know, illegal immigrants and papers and things of that nature. But like you said, yes, uh, you know, voter ID, um, driver's license, things of that nature. But then Behar comes in and talks about civil uh, rights in regards to seatbelts. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> But I guess she thinks it does. Um, she probably needs to go back to civics class and uh, really understand what it means, um, or American history, to understand the difference between liberties and rights. But, you know, that's for another day, and I'm pretty sure she probably will not. I think everybody should wear their seatbelt. I don't think the government should mandate it. So there you go. I guess I'm a real, true civil libertarian, at least in that way. Um, you know, and I even think like the autobahns are cool where, you know what, if you're a really good driver and you can go as fast as you want to go on the autobahn, so be it. As long as you're a good driver, if you're not a good driver, uh, then you lose your license. I like, I like when we don't punish people until they've actually committed a crime rather than punishing everyone just in case they might commit a crime. That's my uh, theory on law. But anyway, um, you know, I don't get to make all those decisions, but Jessica, I always appreciate your stories. They're always so good. Thank you. You're welcome, Dr. Gina. All right, hold on, because now it's time for even another great segment, our good guy with a gun segment. And here with me now to help with our good guy with a gun segment is Florida congressional candidate Anna Paulina Luna. Anna Paulina, great to see you. Great to have you back with us. Thanks for being here. Of course. All right. Now, this story is out of Fort Smith, Arkansas, and this had all the makings of a mass shooting situation. But a good guy with a gun stepped in. The headline <clears throat> reads like this. One victim dead, suspect killed by resident of Fort Smith apartment complex involved in the morning shooting. But the gunman didn't count on a person in the apartment complex grabbing their hunting rifle, did they, Anna Paulina? No. In fact, I love hearing these stories because, as you'll notice, this should be something that should be national news. And we're seeing it almost nowhere except for here on your show. But, yes, these stories are something that I think everyone can learn from. You can never be too prepared and as I think I'd mentioned previously, you know, as a child, I'd walked into an armed robbery. I survived it. There was a uh, shooting at my high school campus. And then later on, I was at home without a firearm and there was a home invasion. And I always say that it's always going to be yourself that can better protect yourself. 911 can sometimes be minutes too long. And you should always make sure that you can have a firearm to protect those and frankly, your community as well. Yeah. 
women like you and me at home alone, our gun is our equalizer. There's no denying that. That government would take that away from us is as blatantly misogynistic and sexist as you can possibly be. If this gunman had killed several people, the mainstream media would have been all over this story. Uh, Joe Biden would have stepped out of his slippers and uh, taken the podium and called for gun control today. Um, you know, probably they would have even let Kamala talk today. They would have, you know, brought her out of hiding and had her say something. And there probably would have been several proposals from new bills out of the Democrats today, right? Absolutely. In fact, I think it's really interesting, too, that really, unless it fits their narrative, and a lot of times what we're seeing with some of these psychopaths that do these mass shootings is there's a huge focus on the race. And yet, if you have someone who isn't white that's committing one of these heinous crimes, it's almost completely buried and covered up. So I think that it's two part. I think that one, it is largely focused on racial issues, trying to say that there is an imminent threat of white nationalism in the United States. And then also, too, they use these events for their political gain. We all know that if you take away firearms from legal gun owners that are not breaking the law, that you're not helping anyone. If you really want to go after that criminal aspect, you have to actually do these things that they don't agree with because it would require funding more police officers. And we know that that's a completely separate argument that they like to bring to the table. So yeah, their arguments are completely backwards and a lot of times don't make sense. Anna Paulina, not only are you a busy woman running for Congress, but you also have a book coming out. I'm not sure when you sleep, but the book is called Bringing Them Home. Do tell. So I actually wrote this book, and it's based on a true story. It's based on myself, my husband, and some of our friends, and really what we went through. I realized just in general the military was not, I think, giving us what we needed, especially in regards to you know being with someone who was in such a combative situation and basically coming back home from these war zones. You know, after the fact, there's a lot that the families go through that we're just not prepared for. So I wrote this in an effort to want to help a lot of the spouses, whether you're a man or a woman, and you have a service member that's engaging in combat, and then also to you know to talk about the very real issues that a lot of people face in these deployments. Hollywood likes to romanticize war, and it's anything but that. So I think that there's a lot that can be learned from this book, especially for those warmongers like Liz Cheney that like to think that the, the U.S. troops need to be constantly involved in the endless wars. I'm absolutely opposed to it because of that, and that's what this book discusses. Wow, that's amazing, and um, thank you for taking the time to write that and to speak to the hearts of our military families and spouses. I think that um, will go a long ways to help heal people. And um, we're going to go to this now. All right, Anna Polina, don't go anywhere because this is a fun segment. It's called our meme of the day. All right, our meme today is a friendly reminder from Kermit the Frog, no less. And he says, wearing a mask alone in the car is only helpful if you stole the car. And I can't believe the number of people, Anna Polina, I see wearing masks alone in their cars or their boats out in the open air. What the heck? I know, I always see that driving and I look at these people and it's kind of weird because I feel like I'm almost in a horror movie. Like, why are you wearing that mask? You're not gonna get COVID sitting there by yourself. But also too, we know in many states, to include Florida, that Governor DeSantis risked, uh, lifted that mandatory mask mandate. So it's a little bit absurd, but I'm hoping that people stop the virtue signaling and that they realize that we really need to get back to normal, not this whole new normal, which is that permanent masking. 
And I love the fact that this meme actually brought that to light in a funny way, of course. <laughs> See, now we know they've stole the car. It's, it's like a direct signal to the cops. I'm kidding. But anyway, Anna Paulina, thank you so much for being with us today. Anna Paulina Luna, running for Congress in the 13th District in Florida. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks, of course, to all of you for joining me tonight, bearing with me through this raspy voice that is just not, I'm not one of those that gets the sexy voice when I get the raspy voice, unfortunately. But you bared with me anyway, and thank you so much for that. And thanks to all of you, especially my amazing crew, who has put up with this now for the better part of a week here at your real home, your new home for real news, Real America's Voice, live from Studio 6B, is up next with Damon and his amazing crew. I promise you'll laugh. Don't forget to join us tomorrow. We have a big, big guest coming up, so you're not going to want to miss it. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.